Anything's possible, though, because, you know, Bitcoin is money, so, you know, money talk, man. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, powered by Cointelegraph. What began as a small experiment is now a rapidly expanding ecosystem. As citizens of the internet, we expect to be able to send money over the internet as quickly and cheaply as sending an email. As citizens of the internet, we demand transparency. Here, we talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum, blockchain industries, fintech, and more. But we're not experts. We're just three guys in the Bitcoin community. And adoption is the only thing that matters. You want to get started? Sure. All right. Hey. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This is episode number 88. And brought you a midweek episode. Uh, this episode is with JJ, who is implementing a new version of Bitcoin uh, called Bitcoin. Implementation. Implementation. Did I not say implementation? You said version. Version? Oh, sorry. Implementation, not version. My bad. There are there are differences. Um, so we're just going to get straight into the interview. But before we do that, we'll pay some bills. So this episode is brought to you by escrowmybits.com. It's a website you can use for escrow. To escrow things when you make purchases over the internet. It's really easy. Trying to remember Marcello's spiel off the top of my head. I wouldn't worry about trying to remember it. We don't have a script. We don't have a script. It's three easy steps. Make a account, deposit your Bitcoin, escrow your Bitcoin in transactions. So, you know how escrow works? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your, Your money's held in escrow. Until the transaction is completed, it's a great way to buy things from people you don't know on the internet. So, escrowmybits.com. You gotta escrow your shit with escrowmybits.com. What else pays us money? Athena Bitcoin. Athena Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I'm wearing all of their clothes right now. You are. We're in the same rooms. Do you hear me coming through these mic at the same time? Yeah. We're like right next to each other. This rarely happens ever. And but. now that I'm back in the States, I got all the sweet, you know, Bitcoin swag that have been waiting on me for a while. Heck yeah. I'm pretty much wearing it all right now. <laughs> swag on swag on swag. Athena Bitcoin, could we get some boxers and socks as well? Maybe. Uh, well, Athena Bitcoin, they do Bitcoin ATMs and they're popping up all over the place. And also, we are also sponsored by BitQuick. So we have a lot of sponsors. I like it when Marcello does this. So. I just clicked the locate ATM on Athena Bitcoin locations. They are popping up across. They got a lot in Texas, quite a few in Florida, Georgia, Missouri, or is that Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Mm. Is that Pennsylvania? Let me zoom in. I don't know. A bunch in Philadelphia. Two in Philadelphia. Ken wants one in his home state. Mm. Being the Bitcoin's popping up, guys. Go, go, go get some Bitcoin. Go use the ATMs. Do the things. So, Watch an ATL. Wow, I got ATL unlocked. Atlanta? Hotlanta? 
Yeah. I heard if I heard people get upset when you call it hot Atlanta. I know people from Atlanta that call it hot Atlanta, so that's true. It is it does get toasty out there. Anyways, um Yeah, so that's our sponsors. Um Bitcoin is a JavaScript implementation of Bitcoin written by, well, maintained, mostly written by and maintained by one man. JJ. JJ. Not mostly. I think it's like 100%. Him. He said someone else started it and had like a very small. Oh, yeah, that's right. You'll, you'll learn all about that in the interview. Yeah, it was, it was a great interview. Very technical for you guys that like the like technical, uh, need your tech fix. What's technical? Yeah. His real name is Chris Jeffrey. He goes by JJ. Works for Purse.io, and and if you heard, listen to the last episode, the Renex Charles, it has it is hailed as a very technically correct, wonderful implementation of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. It's written in JavaScript, so it's native to a lot of the things people are already building anyway on the app, on the web. That, that is these crazy. <laughs> I have a grandfather clock. And it does that every hour on the hour. Like built with his bare hands. <laughs> well, um, here it is. What do you? Who do you? Before I ask, who exactly do you work for? The purse. Yeah, I work. I work for purse.io, and um, so for the past year, I've been working on a project called Bcoin which is a, a JavaScript implementation of Bitcoin. It's, a, it's sort of designed to be a, um, a general purpose Bitcoin library, but at the same time, a full node. And what we're, what we're using this for right now, it's not the only thing we're going to be using it for. What we're using it for right now is sort of a, a new backend for our wallet server so we can stop using third policy third-party uh, wallet services like like Gem and, and BlockCypher and things like that. So, you know, we can get blockchain notifications. We can get transaction notifications. You know, we can spin up wallets with hundreds of thousands of addresses like it's nothing and, and, and so on. Hmm. So instead of, you know, like you just said, instead of depending on a Coinbase and somebody else to run the wallet for you, you just went ahead and built it straight in. Right. Yeah. I think, I don't know, after, uh, after, after Bitfinex happened, I think maybe a lot of people will start to realize that it is important to have, um, like total autonomy over, over your wallet and your system. Um, I mean, I don't, maybe that wouldn't have helped in the case of Bitfinex, but it does help you. Uh, secure things and think and it's just at the end of the day it's just easy like we've had so many so many problems um with like gem and the uh, other third-party wallet services all right so let's 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 back up and start for i guess nice and fresh what is a bitcoin implementation and is it important that there are multiple um so the first thing, what is a, a Bitcoin implementation? So there's two kinds of Bitcoin nodes. There's there's light nodes or SPV nodes, and then there's full nodes. So SPV nodes, everyone knows what they are. They are they're usually just built into like a wallet on your phone or 
know, web browser or whatever, and you only um, download and verify the transactions that are relevant to you. Um, so you put up all of your addresses in your wallet into a bloom filter and ask the network, you know, um, what transactions have these addresses in them and peers send you those transactions. And it's, it's, it's the, the, the nice thing is, is light nodes are actually pretty simple to implement and they're really fun to implement. So full nodes are a bit different. Full nodes are the full Bitcoin implementation. Um, in order to qualify as a full node, the, the criteria you have to fit is sort of, um, if Bitcoin Core were to stop existing tomorrow and were to be, all, all the nodes on the network running Bitcoin Core were to be magically replaced with your full node implementation, your implementation should be able to keep the entire state of the network exactly the same. The network should be running exactly the same as it was before. So a full node implementation has to implement all of Bitcoin. It has to do everything Bitcoin D or Bitcoin Core does uh, to keep the network alive. <coughs> so this includes, this includes, you know, validating the blockchain, maintaining a mempool, relaying transactions, relaying blocks, and, and things like that. All right, and so... Nodes can optionally have a wallet system built in, but uh, it's not entirely necessary. All right. So essentially you have a, a core group, a core set of functionality that's required for in order to, to guess, to create a Bitcoin implementation. Then you have the option to create, uh, I don't want to say extras or add-on features, but um, quality of life add-ons to the implementation to allow you to add more functionality to interacting with that implementation and you kind of have your choice the litter to pick the combination of database and language and things like that to implement it. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's a very good way to put it. So, I mean, on the network, your custom full node, let's say if you wanted to make one, it, it would look almost pretty much the same as every other full node on the network, you know, from the outside, it looks the same. Uh, but from the inside, it, it, it's a little bit different. Yeah, you could use a different, uh, you know, database to store the blockchain. You could store it in a different format and, and so on. And, I mean, Ryan X. Charles, uh, in our previous interview with him, he gave you all quite a bit of love and said that your implementation of Bitcoin is fantastic. Um, it's um, In terms of its correctness, its efficiency, uh, how it does everything, and that anyone trying to develop who needs a full node and the libraries around it should be using, it would, it would make a good decision by using Bitcoin. Why, why is that? What have you done that's different than most people? Um, so I, first I want to say that there are actually uh, a lot of other good full nodes, uh, like uh, BTCD is a, is a very good full node. Um, uh, and Bitcoin is, uh, I think, I think it's, uh, Sort of new. That's a that's a C. So so BTCD is written in GoLang, uh, and um, and Bitcoin is written in C sharp. Uh, Bitcoin is written in JavaScript. So the nice thing about Bitcoin um, is that it's JavaScript, and that's also that's the best thing and the worst thing about it. <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people have a lot of hate for for JavaScript, and it's understandable. I can I can see why. Um, 
but there there's really um, two huge benefits to writing something in JavaScript is that it one JavaScript being the most popular language in the world today, uh, it will run pretty much anywhere. And two, because JavaScript is the most popular language, um, you know, all of these browser implementers like Firefox and Google and Microsoft have ever since like 2008, have gotten into an arms race over performance. So JavaScript, modern JavaScript is actually pretty performant. So, um, Bitcoin is a full node that can actually it can it can run in your browser, and because it's written in a, a very high level language, it's it's extremely hackable. Uh, so you don't you don't have to wait to you know for some core developer to start a branch on on Bitcoin Core to test something new. You can just go right in and you know add whatever uh, you could go in and re-enable disabled opcodes or add some other opcode you want to play with or, you know, layer on some network functionality and just run Bcoin again. You don't have to compile anything. Um, so so I, I would say that might be the most appealing part for, for people who actually want to mess around with Bitcoin is that it's a, it's a much lower bar for entry because it's you, you can just immediately start hacking on it. Hmm. I have a quick question. So I, I, I come from a world of scientific computing where Fortran is still the standard. Okay. Uh, and what's nice about it is that it's, it's a, you have a lot of control about, hmm. like that's why people like Haskell these days is because you, know, you have control over mem- the, the memory allocations, the statically typed language. There's a lot of security if you know what you're doing. And JavaScript right, isn't a static type language. Do you have any issues with security or uh, even efficiency of runtime? Uh, sorry, could you repeat that last sentence? Yeah, do you have any problems with like um, memory leaks or efficiency bugs or even just security bugs with not being able to control these low-level structures as well as a static, statically typed language? Or is that just something that a good JavaScript programmer can do? Uh, right, so... Uh, as far as security goes, um, so usually in, when you're doing crypto things, like, f- for example, you free up memory, you don't just want to free it up. You want to actually, you know, safely zero it, um, you know, to get it out of memory if it's a derived key or something like that. Uh, so you can't, I mean, in JavaScript, you can't access things at the lowest level. So there's two sides to this because Bitcoin can run in the browser and it can run in Node.js. In Node.js, it can it can call out for most of the crypto things, that, most of the low, lowest level things. It can actually call out to C++ or other LinkedIn code mm-hmm. to do that stuff. And it does that partly for security and partly for performance. If, if that binding is not available, it falls back to a pure JavaScript implementation. Um, so, I mean, in, yeah, in, in JavaScript, you're on a memory managed heap. So anything that you put onto the JavaScript heap, any JavaScript object that is, you know, you, you can't control that. Even if the garbage collector cleans it up and you're sure it cleans it up, it, it certainly didn't zero the memory. So, so whatever is, whatever was there is still in memory, uh, at least for a while. Um, hmm. 
So in, in JavaScript, you do have um, sort of a window into the, the native heap, the, the non-JavaScript heap. You do, you do get access to binary arrays and, and, and things that you can access raw binary data. And, and that data actually doesn't exist on the JavaScript heap. The garbage collector doesn't care about it. All it cares about is the object, which is essentially a pointer to that data. So if you need to uh, securely deal with, with binary data or you know, structs or, or something like that, you can, uh, you can use UN data arrays. JavaScript has typed arrays now mostly, mostly thanks to the WebGL people who really wanted typed arrays to do graphic stuff in the browser. I don't care about graphic. Perfect. Yeah. So the second one, um, performance. Uh, so performance is performance optimization in JavaScript is, is actually tricky. It's uh, so one of the things I always like to point out in, in JavaScript is is that, uh, for example, hash table keys in JavaScript they have to be JavaScript strings. So like those typed arrays I just mm -hmm. talked about, you can't have that as a key in a hash table. Uh, so the workaround is to convert it into a hex string and add that as the key. There's a bunch of little um, odd things about that, like that, because JavaScript is an odd language. Um, but if you know how to make use of those things, you can actually optimize things pretty well. And, and Bitcoin... Uh, can process a modern one one megabyte block in about 1.2 1.3 seconds, hmm. and that, it was actually pretty hard to get it to get it to that time. Um, it was really hard to catch up to Bitcoin Core because Bitcoin Core is actually pretty optimized. Hmm. Sorry, am I just rambling here? No, no, no. I was actually going to ask you, like, so you've built this awesome thing. What's the most awesome thing about what you've built that you can be proud about, about the Bitcoin implementation? What optimization feature would you say you're most proud of? Um, would, uh, would you say optimization? Uh, or feature. Optimization general, or, or feature. Or feature, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, Bitcoin's wallet is actually pretty cool. It's, it's wallet server is really nice. It's, you know, it's HD keys with BIP44 derivation. Um, it uses level DB right now, but I'm switching it to LMDB as a backend. And mm -hmm. LMDB is just a, a really cool optimized database. Um, so it, the nice thing about this wallet is like it can, it can handle shitloads of data. You can, you know, you can create, uh, a hundred thousand wallets with a hundred thousand accounts each, with a hundred thousand addresses each. Shit. One wallet, you can have you you know you can have one account. You know I'm pulling those numbers out of my ass, but <laughs> you can, can handle a lot of shit. Is what I'm saying. Uh, and you know each account in your wallet, you can have like a pub key hash account. You can have a uh, you can have a multi-sig account. You can have a witness pub key hash account. You can have a witness multi-sig uh, or a witness uh, page script hash account. Is there um, anything you can't do with Bitcoin? 
Or is it just like a fucking... It does it all. Cures cancer. <laughs> Cures cancer. <laughs> Everything. You got. You name it, just put it in the command line. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like I said before, since it's really hackable, like um, Jonas Schnelli came up with uh, BIP-151 uh, a little while ago, and that's peer-to-peer encryption. It enabled uh, peer-to-peer encryption on the, on the peer-to-peer protocol. Hmm. And... Uh, I, I really liked that idea. I, th- I thought it was a really cool idea. I thought it'd be very nice to have that natively on, on Bitcoin instead of running Bitcoin over Tor or something like that. Uh, and, and so I just hacked it into, into Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is actually the first uh, full or light node implementation that you know has peer-to-peer encryption. And, and later he added a peer auth spec to actually verify identity over the protocol. So you don't actually, so you don't get man in the middle while you're setting up this encryption channel. Um, and that's been added to, uh, to Bitcoin as well. So, and so you're feeling like DMX in the mid nineties right now. Like you're just on top of your game. Just this, cause this implementation sounds like it's, it's got all facets covered. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens when you have no life and you're obsessed with Bitcoin. This is what <laughs> I was hoping that you were going to more do... people like you. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to do a DMX voice like, "That's right, son. Bitcoin in this bitch, son. Bitcoin gonna give it to you." <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't do DMX. I don't think. So. Just smoke thirty-five cigarettes in a row and then probably pound a few beers and you got DMX maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I need a, I need a punch in the throat too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we got a wallet in there. Hundred thousand, <laughs> thousands on thousands on thousands. Anyways, <laughs> not trying to derail the interview. Mackie, shoot something out, man. Let's get. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm in the middle of just laughing about this. Like, um, yeah. Okay, so I guess in reference to um, Bitcoin, like, what, what would probably be um, beneficial. Uh, would be to like talk about like, okay, so, you know, there's already other JavaScript related implementations of Bitcoin out there. What are some core differentiations between Bitcoin and like, for instance, like Bitcoin JS or Bitcore? Um, so Bitcoin JS is, um, is sort of a general purpose Bitcoin library. It used to, it actually used to, in 2013, it used to have like a full node too. Uh, but that's that's been unmaintained now since 2013. Um, you know, I never actually really messed around with Bitcoin JS that much, but I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a pretty good library. The the Crypto Coin JS guys, um, some of them work on on Bitcoin JS, and and those guys are all really good coders. Um, I'm sure it's fine if you want like a, a general purpose Bitcoin library, and mm-hmm. so. BitCore, which is the Bit BitPay JavaScript library, which is actually I used to work on BitCore when it was at BitPay. Mm-hmm. Um, so BitCore is uh, again, it's it's just it's another general purpose Bitcoin library. It doesn't it doesn't give you a nice way to do the peer to peer protocol. It, mm-hmm. It'll give you a way to do uh, pretty much it. All it gives you is like a scripting system. Uh, transactions, you know, transaction objects, uh, w- ways to do ECDSA and, and, and things like that. It doesn't, 
it doesn't actually give you all the tools necessary to to actually do all of Bitcoin. Got it. Um, and yeah. on top of that is, uh, I think almost every alternative Bitcoin script implementation I've seen uh, in in little libraries like this, uh, pretty much all of them violate consensus rules. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually very easy to pick out if if you look at them and you know what to look for because there's a lot of odd things in the Bitcoin scripting system. Um, I, I mean, I could describe some of them. I think it would. I mean, feel free to, if you want to just like cherry pick like one particular peculiarity that you wanted to go into. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah. So as this is, yeah, this will probably go down some kind of rabbit hole, but uh, as um, as Bitcoin D, this is what Satoshi originally implemented in the scripting system. Mm-hmm. Uh, right before you do, say like a, a check say, right before a check say gets implemented, you 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 take uh, uh, you know the previous output script and replace the current input script with that previous output script. Mm-hmm. So there's a function that gets called on the previous output script uh, called find and delete, mm-hmm. and all it does is look for a data element in the script and and deletes it so it calls find and delete on the previous output script and passes in the current signature it's verifying Mm -hmm. and people were very very confused by this um after satoshi left because no one could you know after he left no one could ask him about this feature why would you remove a signature from a previous output script from a script pub key how -hmm. could you even have the signature in the script pub key, it's logically impossible, right? How could you sign something that doesn't exist yet? Hmm. How could you sign? And I mean, sure, you could create two transactions and create a transaction that redeems from that one. But by putting a signature in the script pub key, that changes the transaction ID of the first transaction, which would change the transaction ID of the second transaction, which would change the hash necessary for the signature. <laughs> it's a chicken and the egg thing. It's it's logically impossible. Like there's no way that you could have a signature in the script pub key, but Satoshi put that there for some reason. It's mm-hmm. really bizarre behavior. So for a long time, it thought that this, this function did nothing, that this find and delete thing in the scripting system did nothing because it, you know, it was impossible that it would ever work mm-hmm. um, until they found a way to make it work. When used in, in combination with the uh, the sig hash single bug, so so signatures in Bitcoin have different sig hash types, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them is sig hash single, but there was a bug in that implementation in Satoshi's original implementation, which always made the signature <laughs> signature hash hash of all zeros and then a one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you abuse this, you can make if you abuse sig hash single, you can make the signature hash predictable. You can make it string of zeros and a one. So that means that you would know what the the uh, the next transaction's sig hash is ahead of time. So you can put a signature in the script pub key, a signature, you know, for the next transaction, 
hmm. who you know you and so so Peter Todd was actually the one who discovered this and um but old Peter right yeah so he uh, I, I can't remember exactly what he said but I think I think he forked Bitcoin Ruby so th- this totally ties into like full node implementations and everything and why you need to get everything down to the very last byte of the very last consensus rule. He, he ended up forking like a, a couple of uh, custom implementations um, by putting a, a transaction out there that, that abused this because so many people didn't think to implement this correctly, right? Because it's such an odd feature. It's a very odd behavior. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that uh, find and delete function is probably the the one of the easiest things you can look for uh, when you're looking at a you know a Bitcoin scripting system that's been implemented on you know a custom Bitcoin scripting system. If it doesn't have that functionality, uh, it's going to break. It will not be able to validate the blockchain. If you use it for any any kind of production code, uh, it's you know it's possible an attacker could confuse it crafting some really weird script, which would be seen as valid by the Bitcoin network, but, you know, not by this custom script implementation. Hmm. So are you a one-man team? You work uh, on right Bitcoin now, all by yourself? Yes. Damn. Right now, yes, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping to change that. I was hoping to get people interested in it so I could get a few more contributors. Oh, yeah. yeah. You yeah, guys so- heard it? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely have to like include like the the GitHub links and the links to the Twitter like an additional information like uh in the show notes for this. But yeah, so like JJ, <clears throat> I can give you some personal background because I see the man every single day. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> the amount of like effort and that that JJ has put into you know his his full known implementation is crazy. You know, every day I come in and he's really excited about another new optimization that he's come up with, or, you know, he's been hacking over the weekend and, you know, he's done this new great thing or he's included this new BIP into it. But yeah, it's, it's amazing what, you know, JJ can do just in and of himself, but, you know, additional <clears throat> contributors would be nice because if more people are utilizing the Bitcoin library, right. And taking advantage of all these great optimizations and the speed and everything that, uh, JJ has built into this, we can get more and more projects using Bitcoin as the back end and the backbone. And you can be more, we can be more, you know, certain that this community, you know, remains like secure. So that kind of goes back on the focus of, you know, decentralized development, you know, decentralized like library development, everyone, you know, working on the same code bases. So we know what everyone's doing. So all these like strange peculiarities and code that, you know, JJ points out and stuff, we can, we can take all these best practices together and like make, make the, uh, the ecosystem just more secure over time. Yeah. How long did it take you to build Bitcoin? JJ? Uh, so I, I actually didn't start Bitcoin. Bitcoin was uh, started by my friend uh, Fedor in sure. in 2014. Uh, okay. F- Fedor and Dutney, he's um, he's one of the lead devs for Node.js. He's, he's a really smart guy. He wrote the uh, he wrote the fastest ECDSA library for JavaScript. And I think he wrote it actually just to create Bitcoin in the first place. So he wrote a big number library. In JavaScript, if you're you know super optimized, at least for JavaScript, and wrote an ECDSA library in JavaScript, 
And then to use these two things, he created a, a little Bitcoin library called Bcoin. And Bcoin was originally just uh, a, a simple SPV wallet for the browser. So, you know, it created a, a, a tiny little SPV blockchain in memory and, and created a wallet. It was a very simple wallet. It had like, you know, one key pair, one address. And, uh, you know, he just, I, I think he just did this for fun and, and he just did this to, to learn Bitcoin. Um, but this was actually the way I got into Bitcoin. I saw this little library and I didn't fully understand how Bitcoin worked at that time. And I, I saw he came out with this Bitcoin library. I took a look at the code. I was familiar with his code, his coding style. Uh, so it was much easier to understand than the horrible, horrible C++ code of Bitcoin <laughs> Core, which I tried to read before. And I was like, what the hell is this? There's no way this Bitcoin thing can be good. Yeah. Like, people writing it don't know what the fuck they're doing this is the ugliest code i've ever seen (laughs) so i look at i look at fedora's library uh his little bcoin thing that he releases and i think it was the first time i actually understood or started to understand how bitcoin worked so i i saw you know okay so every transaction has the previous transactions hash in it which you know goes into the current transactions. Okay, now I get it. This makes sense. And I actually started to realize how brilliant Bitcoin was. And so I actually in 2014, I got sort of obsessed with the, you know, working on this little library. I started submitting a bunch of pull requests and um, uh, that's actually what got me noticed by BitPay. And BitPay eventually hired me because they saw me hacking on this, this Bitcoin library in JavaScript and use javascript too but uh any anyway like fast forward two years uh so no one was maintaining bitcoin i hadn't worked on it in a long time and uh uh, i i joined purse and uh we wanted a a solution originally we just wanted uh, like a simple uh general purpose bitcoin library that we could use but over time the 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 focus shifted Oh, so, I mean, I started working on Bitcoin again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I said, you know, this is the way I want to do it. I want to maintain my own library because, yeah, because that's the way I want to do it. And, <laughs> so, and, and so over time, the focus like switched to, you know, having, you know, total control over our own, our, our own wallet server and having a lot of nice wallet features. And so I obsessively worked on Bitcoin for like the, past year alone you know um i i never really intended for it to be a full node um and when i actually did start implementing the full node part i didn't realize how much work it would be like i I really didn't i was like i was like oh okay i can just implement a small part of this i don't uh, you know i'm reading the bitcoin core code and i'm like all right i don't need that that or that i can just I can just download the blocks. I'll just, I'll just save them, you know? <laughs> you know? And then slowly, like I realized, you know, more and more what a bad idea that was. And <laughs> I actually do need to conform to consensus. And, and so that's, that's what Bitcoin became. And, and that's what it is now. It's, hmm. it's awesome. <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling with every question. 
No. Welcome to being on an interview. <laughs> yeah. It's about, it's about you. <laughs> You're yeah, allowed no one, to. No one's cared enough about me before to interview me, so that's okay. That's right. Cool. That's the that's the good thing, Maggie, for that one. It's like, yo, guys, got to interview AJ, JJ. He he knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about. And these are like these are details that people like to hear, but no one actually hears them because no one asks the questions. So like, give it just giving you a platform to talk about. Yeah, people have to learn. What about you've been like, focusing on for so long these and small, worrying about. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, but no these these uh you know these small ins and out in Bitcoin are you know and, and the people that are just uh, you know so obsessed over them you know it's so funny you know jd's like yeah you know i just got really into it started obsessing over it. like i feel like every person in the bitcoin space eventually just has the aha moment whether it's a project they're working on or something they're reading or just something they get really excited about and they're just like ah, i'm all in and they just start this journey down this rabbit hole and when you when you can share like these different experiences of like of how like people like found bitcoin and like why it excites them and what about it specifically is what you know gets them out of bed and like you know gets them pumping and ready to work mm-hmm. like you know we we can create more people like us you know and and the, the more the more viewpoints and perspectives and stories that we're able to like pull and derive out and share with people then you know the more great awesome people like jj we can have in our ecosystem yeah it's great that you mentioned that that mo- moment when it clicks. Uh, well, some people it's quick. I don't know, Corey. When you wait, it took you what one ten minute conversation with me, and I was like, "Yeah, that's genius. Let's do it." <laughs> Pretty much what it was. <laughs> no, it didn't start that way. You talked to me in February one time, and I was like, "Dude, I fucking already have Monopoly money, and I don't even play yeah. Monopoly. It just..." Stuck, get out of here with that shit. And then you called me later and you explained it a little more uh, clearly. And I was like, oh, well, that's just common sense. That's the shit. So, this is the future. Let's start a podcast. Yeah. No, let's try to mine first. We tried mining for a while. Yeah. That, that, that didn't work as well as we hoped it would. I did okay. I still have a bunch well, of that. We didn't do bad, but we ain't rich. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Wait, have you ever mined, JJ? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Did you ever try that? Yeah, man, I mined Litecoin and Dogecoin back in the day. Yeah, buddy. You built yourself a nice GPU rig? Yeah, yeah, it was was an old Radeon card. Yeah, it kicked ass, man. I I mined Litecoin, I mined Dogecoin, traded it all for Bitcoin. The best idea I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, that was like one of the best decisions in crypto I've ever made, was to trade it all for for a Bitcoin. Because I didn't want... I actually didn't want Litecoin or Dogecoin. I wanted Bitcoin, but I couldn't mine. What? It. You didn't want Dogecoin? What? <laughs> I wanted it because I could want. trade it for Bitcoin, man. And I also, I also mined Coinye coin. You guys remember Coinye? Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. love that. That was so good. They got yeah, sued, I mined right? that because I thought that would be the next thing after Dogecoin. I thought it would be like <laughs> a tipping thing. I did. I mean, it's not that unbelievable that it might become like the next Dogecoin on Reddit or something. It had a lot of press because they got cease and desisted. There was like, such a yeah. bloom of like altcoins that were just just popping just... up, blowing up, and then getting sold and dying. That I, I, I think I went through like, a daily mining change. I feel like there's a solid five or six month in crypto where people just didn't leave their computers and were just making altcoins. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember like that. It was like it was like every day, every week, there was like, here's all the new coin announcements. Which one's gonna get you rich this week? Yeah, uh, Z coin. We tried Z coin for a little bit. 
There's a bunch. I still have Quark on this computer here. So, a bunch of... I mined a lot of Quark. So... <laughs> Oh man, I know a really funny history about Cork that I can't talk about on this podcast. So I have to ask me about that sometime. I will ask you about that when we're done on this podcast. Hell yeah, I want to hear about that. <laughs> so, your yeah. one man team, JJ, you mm-hmm. built Bitcoin, um, and totally disrespected the Crips. They're going to be upset you didn't make a C coin. Peter Todd, no, I'm Peter kidding. Todd did make one commit to Bitcoin two years ago. He corrected the spelling of a word. Oh so wow! That oh, is no, no, that was that was that wasn't to Bitcoin. That wasn't to Bitcoin. Was it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. No, it was not. Yeah. If you go to GitHub, go to Bitcoin, go to the contributors, and see there and see commits in the past. Pretty sure that was. I thought that was yours, Bitcoin. You were looking at. No, no. Wait, was it? Uh oh. Maybe Let's see who's right. Even, Whoever's even right, he doesn't know who he's talking about when he's talking about things anymore. He's oh. so tied up. <laughs> <laughs> it was some library I looked at. Maybe it was yours. Was it yours? It was yours. Yeah, dude. Yeah, there's there's no Peter Todd Peter man. Oh, he said. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust JJ on this one. You guys just went for it too. Uh oh, you guys should have bet on it. You should have bet dinner on it, and then Ooh. it would have been a thing. But now it's not. So, oh well. Yeah, it was Peter Todd. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> Found it. Yeah. Was it, was, yours like, or Bitcoin? He contributed. Yeah, he contributed to yours Bitcoin library two years ago and corrected the spelling on one word. Oh. <laughs> and I thought that was like the most trolliest thing of all time. <laughs> <laughs> From what I understand, he trolls out sometimes. Mr. Todd does. If anyone's ever curious, I shared the link. I call him Trolly Todd. Um, so. How, what's your, who are you looking for? Like somebody's listening right now. They got programming skills, you know, they're sharp as shit and they want to help you out. How are they going to go about doing that? You just like, who are you looking for to help you out? It can't be just some chump off the street. You got to earn your keep, you know? No, it could absolutely be regulators chump off the street as long as it's, uh, you know, as long as they have that same sort of uh, obsession, maybe yeah. n- maybe not obsession, but you know, like some kind of some kind of passion for Bitcoin, like they're really interested in, it. and just you know, just start hacking on 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 Bitcoin and and start messing around with it and find things you can improve and you know, I mean, that's sort it's, it's sort of like how any open source project on GitHub would work and. Okay. Good deal. Well, I, yeah, because it, it would be nice to have someone else uh, <laughs> help maintain it in general, too. Because lately I've actually been uh, focusing on another project that sits on top of uh, Bcoin, which is which I'm calling uh, B Lights or Blight, uh, and it's it's the Lightning Network on top of Bcoin. Oh so, Ooh, yeah, you guys just got the got the uh, oh. fresh news right there. Working on some lightning stuff with lightning guys. Exclusive. Did you call it blight uh, to slight blight masters? Right. Yeah. Well, originally I was gonna call it like yeah, blight masters. Because you know, you know B coin, you gotta have the B there. I was gonna call it B lightning. Mm-hmm. It's like that was. It it looked like lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. And it was really long. 
<laughs> shouldn't it be light? Light. Cool. Well, if you guys are listening right now, which you are probably, if you are, that's I hate when I say that. If you're listening right now, because you fucking listening to the show, obviously. Maybe they're on the train. You know, yep. maybe they yeah, I know. Who knows? Glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Corey, you got any questions? No, I got that was that was great. Uh, I want to go check it out and play around with it for a little bit. I want to actually hear JJ do a DMX impression, but I don't feel like I'm going to get that re- request. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, we're gonna have to. I can't, I can't. You know what? I can't do. I don't think I can do his voice, but I could do the. I could do like the what? He's going to give it to you. What? <laughs> he can hype man. He's the DMX hype man. There we go. There we go. Well, uh, JJ, thanks for for stopping by the show. And... Wait, we gotta ask him the question. We got. Let me ask him the question. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Go. We gotta ask you the question. We asked uh, everyone on the show this question, and uh, feel free to take a couple seconds to think about it, JJ. But oh, dude, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh god, don't do this to me. All right, so in like in ten words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? Can I describe Bitcoin? Yeah, in 10 words or less. 10 words or less. Uh, as long as no, you don't no, break a... I love how... You know, you know so, someone, someone in, uh, who lives in my apartment building like saw me wearing a, a Bitcoin shirt the other day. They had no idea what Bitcoin was. And they're like, Bitcoin? What's that? And it's like, I could, you know... I had multiple sentences to explain it to this guy, and I think I think I still fucked it up. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh yeah, dude, it's it's like digital cash, and it's you know, I, I felt like I was describing some kind of like multi-level marketing thing because I I'm not <laughs> like I can't I can't describe it in a good way. Well, you know? when you said you called it digital cash, and that's that's two words, and that's less than ten. He's so unhappy with that explanation, though. I know. That. <laughs> I digital cast is a great start, though. I mean, how else do you start that conversation with people that don't uh, know Jack? What's your? Like, you got you got to like you got you got ten words. How do you explain it to Joe Schmo? You got to start oh, with some oh, abstract oh, layer. They did him... His phone. His phone ran out of battery. All right. Well, there well, he goes. The little cash. He's just locked in the books now. Yeah, cool. the cash. We're gonna leave it. We're gonna leave it there. And we're, not, <laughs> we're not gonna cut anything. This is great. <laughs> JJ just made his abrupt exit. He's probably left back in code right now. Like, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> I can't answer that. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, his phone ran out of battery. <laughs> he says, "He says, should I come back in? Should he come back in? He can. He yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give him. We'll give him a shot. Yeah, yeah. Wait." Tell him we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> Edit you back. <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's amazing what he's been able to build just by himself, and that has to take an, a monumental amount of time. JJ is one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Well, it's even nice that like, yeah, he built it. Yeah, it's cool, but he also like he has praise from other people around the world who are you know professionals in Bitcoin that say it's the most, it's one of the best, um, correct implemented bitcoin node and you can tell just based on the way he talks about it how he's painstakingly looked through to make sure that he's getting all those you know odd features of weird bug hacks that we've had to take care of in the hashing 
protocol or hashing implementation, mm-hmm. or, or sorry, scripting implementation of Bitcoin, that he's made sure that it's that it's there. And it's those little things that will make a difference in the implementation that you use later on down the line that people really have to make sure they understand and everything's working correctly for the whole network to work properly. Because if, you know, one implementation ends up ruling them all, you want that implementation to make sure it's technically correct. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go through these problems again. Like there's so many instances of like, um, like of like previous libraries and stuff that people work from that, you know, JJ is like basing its implementation off of. And, you know, he'll go into their code and he'll be like, man, they haven't, they haven't refactored, you know, fix any of the <laughs> 2013. I'm just going to rewrite the whole thing right there's now. There's like a comment that says fix this later. <laughs> and it's about seven years old. <laughs> no. And like, he'll sit there and he'll be like, Oh, this sucks. And then he'll go through and like, just rewrite the whole thing. I understand that. I understand. I, I worked with a lot of legacy code uh, written in Fortran 77. I would write, write software for, for the work that I did. And it's just like, I can't use this. I can't even look at it. I'm just going to write. I'm just redoing the whole thing and whatever. It's fine. <laughs> hey guys, I'm back in here. Woo! Hey-o. All right. So you have, you have, have you have your second chance. in 10 words or less. We were going to, we were going to lock you down with digital cash, but you came back. <laughs> Start with digital cash and come up with a couple more words. Um, uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> that might even be the best explanation. If it makes you feel better, when we asked Rose Beef, he gave us like like a hundred something words. He didn't even try. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even try. <laughs> but it's like uh, I feel like whatever I pack into ten words will sound amazingly cliche. That's the point. You're yeah, missing the, the beauty of the question. Yeah. <laughs> We're forcing you to why, like, go why, to some. Why, why do you want me to just say a cliche then? I don't get it. It's so fun to hear smart people just try to go to like the highest level of abstraction they can muster. Because those cliches, this, the reason why we like this question to help you out, JJ, those cliches end up being the things that kind of build up the image for the people that are we're concerned with when it comes to mass adoption mm-hmm. and that's kind of like why we focus we focus on that with our podcast okay. we yeah, don't too also, much yeah there's another another layer there's another level of it and it's when like you have a very technical understanding of what bitcoin is and it's really hard for you to kind of put it's that into 10 words or less but to force you to do so almost makes you describe how you see bitcoin or like the most important feature of bitcoin it through your own lens and it, it's, it's a different way to kind of see how people view the most important part of Bitcoin and it, it changes not. wildly depending on who you ask. Yeah. Science. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin creates a way to prevent people from cheating without some kind of sole supervisor. Perfect. At its, at, its, at, its, at its most generic, I would say that. It's a way to stop people from cheating. A way to stop people from cheating. Without a, without a central authority. Yes. Perfect. All right, that's 7 to 14. 
So we're going to go on ahead and average that. <laughs> and we'll cut you some slack. <laughs> well, um, thanks again for stopping through. And uh, we'll post the, the GitHub. We'll post things so that we could try and get help with the recruiting of you getting some help. Because taking on a project like this, and it has to take passion, unbelievable amount of passion to just go through and like totally rework, rework something so that it's just better for the sake of making it better. So hopefully we can get you some help. Thanks for stopping by. All right, yeah, that would, Anything that would you want to say? Yeah, Anything you want to plug? Guys. What's that? Anything you want to plug? Just shout out. Oh yeah. well, well. First, I was gonna I was gonna say to you guys, you ever want to talk about you know Segwit or Lightning or anything cool in Bitcoin? I'm always down to talk. And uh, Slack. Yeah, you could be our technical advisor. <laughs> when we say when we say dumb shit, you can come on the show and be like, "No, you're dumb. This is how it is." Yeah. Oh, I could do that. I oh, I re- actually really like that idea. <laughs> Well, you would be able to say that to me quite a bit because I say something like we can just have the JJ your dumb section uh, of the show. I got, I got, I would go like uh, Gordon Ramsay on you guys. (laughs) (laughs) You're a complete fucking idiot for saying that. (laughs) Your accents, your no, your your implementation of Bitcoin makes me want to choke a baby deer. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Anyways, I have a horrible accent too. So. Well, hey, we'll send you an invite to the Slack. You can come on through and help us correct uh, the dumb shit that we say. There's so. no need for a sending out of the invites because you can go to the website. That's right. It's, it says Slack right on the menu bar and you can get your own invitation. You don't need us to do it. Yep, it's automated now. We have robots that work for us. <laughs> bots, bots, bots. Bots, yeah. Well, um, if that's it, thanks for stopping by, and boom, we're done. I did. I think I said that four times. <laughs> All right, the recording is over. <laughs>